Welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Nick, and I'll be playing Dirk Vilgoth, a male arcane trickster. I've been playing role-playing games since I was in middle school. Grew up playing it with my friends and uh, my second pair of parents, as I call them. And I've been loving it ever since. Bronson, take it away. I'm Bronson. I'll be playing Adam Vaduva, a rogue wizard. I've been playing role-playing games since I was in about 8th grade, similar to Nick. Yeah, was introduced it by our DM here, who you meet in a second. But that's about it for me. Aaron? Uh, my name is Aaron. I'll be playing Bertram Dirgestride, a human bard, and uh, been playing D&D last 6 or 7 years, and uh, looking forward to this. Over to you, DM. Alright, uh, I'm your DM, Raceland. Uh I've been playing role-playing games ever since I was like 9 years old, uh, and even before that I was exposed to it by my dad. Uh, as Bronson mentioned, um, I've gotten a lot of people into D&D over the years. Um, basically, any friend who uh, was interested in any sort of nerd culture, I was like, well, you want to try D&D, basically, you know? So, uh, yeah, I've been turning people to the dark side for years now. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started with uh, Dice Heist today. We're going to jump right in on the action today. You find yourselves sitting where you do most evenings of late, at the Drunken Breeze Tavern close enough to the docks to smell the salty breeze, but not close enough to be assaulted by the smell of today's catch. It is an open-air tavern, with Gregor, a gruff old man with a peg leg, once proud fishing boat captain, standing behind the bar. A taxidermied swordfish hangs above his head, Gregor's proudest catch. Old barrels fashioned into tables and chairs are ranged around the room. As it begins to fill up, Dag, Gregor's youngest son, scurries around to get orders for the patron. You each sit, sipping your first drinks of the night, relaxing after a long day's work. So we're actually going to go around again here real quick, uh, and uh, would you guys please describe your characters' physical descriptions, and uh, what are you guys sipping tonight, you know? All right, all right. I would say, so Adam has like a kind of like short, scruffy black hair. It's like jet black. Uh, his skin's pretty pale. He usually looks like and he's been like this ever since you guys have known him. He almost always looks like he's sick with something. Like he has like a fever running and there's like that little bit of claminess to his skin. Uh, he'd be wearing sort of like a, I guess, high fantasy like pea coat. That would be like a, a dark gray color. Other than that, he might have like a large satchel that goes over his shoulder that he keeps most of his supplies in. As far as what he uses to cast with, instead of using like a wand, he uses like some sort of like mage gauntlet that wraps around his arm and uses uses that as his arcane focus. So whenever he does start using magic, it emanates from that and kind of pulls up like a magical virtual display where he can start casting his spells. He just figured out from reading books on his own uh, how to how to sort of craft his own like makeshift version of it that gets the job done. I gotcha. All right. Uh, so then from Bronson, we'll move on to Aaron's character. Bertram's kind of seated there with a wine glass in front of him. We're drinking a uh, nice rosy clear wine and uh, he's a fair kind of uh, complexion, long shoulder-length hair and a loose kind of uh, ponytail behind him, and a uh, trimmed and well-cut mustache and thin goatee around his chin. And he's currently wearing a uh, white-collared buttoned shirt, kind of 
top two or three buttons undone, and over that is a black kind of open tunic or vest, uh, more of a vest. And he sits there with a weapon for purely for personal protection uh, at his side, and long pointed black boots that run to a kind of dark green, almost suede looking pair of trousers. If anything, uh, he spends a lot of his time making it look like he doesn't care what he looks like. All right, and then we'll move on to Nick. So Dirk is there sitting at the table with his friends. He's holding a some ale in his hands, drinking casually. He has a scruffy-looking appearance, stubble facial hair. He has a scar going diagonally across the center of his face. Short black hair, kind of messy, green eyes from his neck up to about just a little bit under his chin. He has some more scarring from when he was struck by light when he was younger. He's wearing some dark studded leather armor with a black cloak along with a hood. He has his hood up at the moment because he uh, likes to wear it when he can. Uh, He's also wearing dark leather gloves that have faint glowing blue crystals inlaid in the gloves, encrusted in the glove that he uses as his arcane focus. At his side, he has a rapier, and on his back, he has a short bow and a quiver. On his shoulders, there's two little... They, they seem like they're small handles on his shoulder pads that stick out of his cloak. He has for certain purposes. It's actually for his, uh, his owl familiar to grab onto when he's holding onto his shoulders. You guys are sitting at this table, and uh, yeah, you guys are having quiet conversation with each other. You look around the room, tables are starting to fill up. You notice two regulars sitting at the bar that you know of personally. One of them is uh, Rafa, who is a female minotaur. Uh, you know that she is a fishing boat worker in the area. And the second is actually a person of great interest to you guys. His name is Captain Brax. And he's a half-orc captain, However, his orc side is very muted. He has a very strong jaw from it and very, very small, almost unnoticeable tusks that show through. Um, But other than that, he's a very handsome human. Um, And he is actually a cargo freighter. So he transports goods from this city, the city of Vago, to other places uh, like the city of Agelfia. You have made loose plans with Brax for him to provide passage for you to Agelfia in the hold of his ship. However, you still need to save for another month before that plan can come to fruition. So then, yeah, you, you see these two um, regulars at the bar, uh, Rifa and uh, Brax. Uh, and then on top of that, you see a handful of other people sitting around. Um, you see uh, four other groups sitting at tables drinking. Uh, there's one group of what you know to be sailors playing darts in the corner. Um, and there's a small uh, family of halflings drinking quietly near the bar. So yeah, uh, go ahead and go ahead and begin interacting with each other. You know, talk to each mm-hmm. other in character, for God's sake. I'm just uh, toying with the rim of my wine glass, just flicking it and listening to the ring. I just want to lean over to Dirk. Is it just me, or has the cleanliness gone down a bit here? Yeah, I don't really mind it that much. I mean, I live in a clock tower by myself, so it's not really 
for me to say whether it's uh, clean in here or not. <laughs> I always wondered why you never invited me up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mess. You wouldn't want to see it. Adam, what what are you drinking over there? Care to share? Uh, Adam has like just the remnants left of a little bit of what would equate to like fireball whiskey um, in his glass. But he seems to just be playing with it at the moment, just kind of spinning his glass around, moving it. <laughs> Never mind sharing. I will get us a whole round. It's a it's an elven delicacy from the from the west. Is there a, a waiter here that's uh, hap- like uh, circulating, or um, is this a head-up-to-the-bar situation? Uh, no, there is a, a young boy who's actually, um, you know, he is um, Gregor's son. Uh, his name is uh, Dag. He's normal. He's rushing around. Um, you see him pass by you, and you kind of you can wave him down to get 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 him to give you get your drinks. Yeah, I'll I'll do that and just kind of point to. Uh, Adam's empty drink and hold up three. Y- yes, sir. Right away. Thank you. And he scurries off uh, back to the bar, uh, goes up to his father, and his father starts pouring the drinks. So, yeah. Uh, he he comes back, sets them on the table, and says, that, That'll be four silver, please. I will pay the man. Thank, thank you very much. And he scurries off. So uh, he's He's about nine years old, so... Um, in fact, uh, Dirk, uh, you recognize him, uh, from outside of the tavern that you guys come here mm-hmm. regularly, but, um, you know, he, uh, he runs fish down by okay. the dock, um, when the catch comes in. So as Dirk is sitting there at the table with his friends, he's going to look over to Adam and say, Hey, watch this. And then <laughs> after he does so. He waves his hands and utters some, uh, arc- a little bit of uh, arcane language to cast his invisible mage hand ledger domain. And uh, so right now, he's gonna have uh, his mage hand hold on to his beer. And as he does, he says, Hold my beer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. <laughs> and and after that, he's going to continue by casting Minor Illusion on one of the, or on the table with the sailors. And he's going to cast a an illusion of another, like basically a copy of one of their drinks to see if they <laughs> get confused. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're they're kind of sitting, standing around. Uh, they're throwing darts yeah. at a dartboard, like they get up and take turns for it. Um, so what you're saying is you take one of their drinks and then you just make a copy yep. right next to it. Okay. I'm just just gonna sit there and wait till something happens. <laughs> okay, so you're still sitting back yep. at your table, right? Okay. They're like, let me. Uh, I'm gonna make a perception check for them because they've actually been drinking since they <laughs> got here and. They're sailors, though, so maybe not that bad. I'm just leaning back in my chair with a crooked smile, just watching watching this. Where'd this drink come from? The, the hell is this? Adam's just going to like look away and just pretend that he doesn't know what's going on. 
<laughs> just kind of look around. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one sailor, they like they look around. And they're like, did did Dag come over and set this down? <laughs> Dag, Dag, did you did you put this here? Yeah. No, sir, I did not. Okay, so so the one guy he reaches down to grab it, and his hand goes right through it. <laughs> what the fuck is this? After that, uh, after setting down my beer back on the table, my invisible mage hand will make its way over to the table and start lifting up one of their drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you you go. Uh, the invisible mage hand goes over there, uh, and it lifts up one of their drinks. All right. Uh, are you trying to do this uh, sneakily without them yeah. noticing? Okay, go ahead and make a uh, sleight of hand check then. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna give you advantage though, because you're using the the uh, invisible mage hand. Okay, yeah, uh, you you definitely beat their passive perceptions, uh, insanely well. So uh, yeah, they um, they're like messing with this. They're like, what the hell is this, Dag? What is it? A trick? <laughs> co- Who's doing this? And they're kind of like scurrying around. They're looking around. You guys are just sitting there calmly. And they're like, the fuck happened here? <laughs> They're getting upset and whatnot, and the guy, the one guy sitting on the table is like, calm down, man, calm down. I'm like, no, fuck this, and he literally flips the table <laughs> over. Well, that's a good waste of beverage, gentlemen. Yeah, before before anyone anything can happen, the three of them literally start just, like, going ham on each other over this. Because the guy just flipped their drinks over, and yeah, so... Yeah, there's still, they're still, like, this mug just floating in the air where All the right. table was. Are, are they brawling now? <laughs> Oh yeah, they're they're rolling okay. on the ground, brawling. You you see Gregor over in the corner. He's like, oh fuck. He calls back to the back. Sally, get As out there. As they're rolling around on the ground, the mug goes over them and dumps out on top of them. <laughs> oh damn. All right. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, they still keep brawling. The the mug kind of like they're like what? The? They keep going at each other. And uh, you see uh, Sally, who you know, uh, works in the kitchen. She comes out with a dirty apron, and in her hands is a ginormous double-barreled crossbow. Shit. And she just points it at the three of them and says, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> they they just stop. You're pretty sure there might have been some piss <laughs> rolling out of their pants. Uh, and, and they kind of scurry out of the bar as quickly as possible. Nope. She, uh, she sets the, the crossbow down on the counter, uh, grabs a bottle of whiskey, from behind the bar and just starts drinking straight out of it and walks to the back with the crossbow. <laughs> and this is why we can't go nice places. As as Dirk puts his hands behind his back and just leans back like uh, times. <laughs> so uh, as you guys are uh, sitting there chuckling at uh, the misfortune of these sailors, uh, you see that the sun is beginning to set. Uh, and you begin to hear a rumbling in the distance. It grows louder as the source seems to move closer. You hear people on the streets excited at what seems to be coming. It's uh, it's actually getting quite louder. Does it sound like a storm? So, like a thunderstorm? Or? Um, no, it's hard to explain. It's like <laughs> almost, you know. Okay. Yeah. You're you're not, you're not really sure. It's like this humming almost. But it seems to be getting much louder uh, and moving closer. 
It's very Adam's consistent. gonna put his drink down and step outside. See yeah, what people Dirk, are looking. Dirk okay. takes a look do as the well. Same thing, but I'm gonna bring my drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. That sounds good. All right. Um, uh, Dirk, are you stepping yes. outside too? Okay, cool. All right. So yeah, the three of you kind of step out uh, into the kind of like area outside the bar, uh, and you see three individuals moving quite rapidly down the road on some strange two-wheeled contraptions. Uh, they straddle them like horses. They slow as they approach the tavern, pull their contraptions off the road next to the tavern, and dismount. The center figure wears a blue scarf around his neck, has a black uh, leather jacket, and uh, is wearing a uh, black helm with goggles. He removes the helm and goggles, revealing a pale blue dragonborn face. His two companions on either side have strange sleek black plate with a helm that covers their face completely. You assume, based on the shape of their helmet, that they are also dragon. You notice an odd metal contraption at each of their hips, along with a short sword on the other side. The pale blue-skinned dragonborn sets his helmet and goggles on the contraption, reaches into a coat pocket, and pulls out a set of half-moon spectacles, placing them on the bridge of his nose. He reaches in again to his coat and pulls out a piece of paper, looks at it, and then begins to walk towards the tavern. One of his companions follows. He scans you three as you stand in the doorway. His eyes stop on you, Dirk. He frowns slightly and then composes his face into a smile. He approaches you and asks... Excuse me, gentlemen. I am Hatnick, passengers director aboard the IHS Silver Set. Are you Sir Frederick Wellesley and company? Now, uh, before you guys say anything else, uh, if you guys would like, you guys can make uh, history checks to see if you recognize uh, either his uh, mention of the IHS or our IHA Silver Sail or the name Sir Frederick Wellesley. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would love to. Give me one history. I rolled a seven. One seven. <laughs> you got a seven history yep. check? Can I get the uh, Silver Sail full name again? Yeah, uh, the I-H-A. Uh, you're pretty sure... Okay, so from what you've gathered from that seven, you know the, the I-H-A 22. is an acronym for something? You can't remember what it's for, though. Couldn't be positive. No, you, could, you couldn't be sure. So, I... Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and then, uh, Adam, what'd you get? One sec. Grabbing. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> What's the title he gave us? Uh, the title he gave you was Sir Frederick Wellesley. And company, specifically. That's 17 for me. Okay, alright. So, uh, we'll start with the 17 here. So, Adam, uh, what you know is that IHA actually stands for... Um, Egelfia Honored Airship. How do you spell Egelfia? Uh, Egelfia is spelled as such. And I am just stalling so I can find where <laughs> I have it written down. Because <laughs> I am that bad at this. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, Egelfia is spelled I-G-E-L-P-H-I-A. Okay, and the acronym is Egelfia... 
Ilgelfia's honored airship. Uh, you also know offhand that the Silver Sail is a luxury airship. Uh, the name Sir Frederick Wellesley, however, is escaping your memory. You're not sure on where that is. And then uh, as we move over uh, to Dirk, you got a 22, mm-hmm. correct? Okay, so with a 22, you know everything that I just told to Adam. Uh, in addition, you do recognize the name Sir Frederick Wellesley. You know of him as a hired uh, hitman for the city of Agelfia. Uh He's actually been given his title for his, um, his efforts in the city. Um, he's a human. And actually, now that you think about it, has a very similar description to your own. <laughs> oh, boy. And there's some sparks flying in that brain of yours yeah. right now, I'm sure. Mm. So, we go out of bullet time here. Back in the moment. I'm just going to... Sirs? Is he speaking to us? Uh, Are you Sir Frederick Wellesley? And company. Uh, I I look a lot like him, but honestly, no. Although, oh, I might be well, pretty good for whatever job you're looking to hire him for. Oh uh, no, 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 no! This this invitation is purely for him. But thank you for your for your offer. <laughs> this this is a payment for a job he has completed. Uh, have you seen him around? I need to deliver this information to him ASAP. Nope. No? Oh, that's dreadful. Uh, this is uh, for his uh, passage aboard our uh, ship. Well, uh, Traveling back to Agelfia uh, tomorrow night. Oh, well. Uh, I'll go look at the other filthy establishments around here. Well, he does frequent this place. Perhaps... Um he just hasn't arrived yet tonight. We could pass along the message or package for him if you'd prefer to go about your day. No, this this package must be received directly from me. There's, I, I'm afraid that would not be possible. Is is he physically holding this package, or is it visible on his person? He's he, he's holding a piece of paper. Oh, okay. You're not sure if maybe this is that piece of paper is what he plans on giving him, but. Did we see anyone that might look like a Sir Frederick Wellesley inside of the tavern earlier? Like any of the dwarves or maybe the halflings that we saw there? <laughs> yeah. Have we seen a weirdly familiar looking Dirk, <laughs> but not Dirk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you guys have never okay. seen him okay. before. Um, the, only one, the only one who has seen him is actually Dirk, which is hilarious that he has. Um, but uh, yeah, he's seen a likeness of him rather uh, in okay. posters. Um but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Hatnick seems to be convinced that Sir Wells, uh, Sir Wellesley, will be frequenting this uh, this establishment tonight. Well, we uh, hope you find him. Uh, I guess we'll point him your direction. Uh, the people riding the uh, two-wheeled contraptions. These are high-class tickets. Estate room, even. Whoever gets a hold of these will be very, very happy. But they are reserved specifically for him and his two compatriots. 
Oh well. Hmm. And he uh, he wanders back to the contraptions and uh, motions over to the the other dragonborn that is standing guard by them. Um, they uh, they press a button on the top of these contraptions and they begin to fold in on themselves. Ooh. <laughs> uh, they fold down to about the size of a briefcase and they pick them up and carry them into the tavern. They uh, they sit down at the bar and say and order drinks. As they walk away, uh, Adam is going to pull out his handy dandy notebook and he's going to write down the descriptions of this uh, biker gang. <laughs> okay, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> I love that you called it that. <laughs> Prefer- preferably without yeah, them you, seeing you him do, that. do that's it. Fine. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, so Dirk, you seem to have an inclination of this gentleman they're looking for. What? Yeah, I suppose I do. Who is he, exactly? Sir Frederick Wellesley, uh, he's a hired hitman uh, in the city of Adelphia. I was tempted to portray myself as him, but I figured we could get in quite a bit of trouble if we were discovered to take this and not be that. Well, exactly how much of a likeness do you have to this stranger? Clearly enough to be mistaken by someone who has a description. I'm not saying I could... I'm an exact copy of him, but it's... So it's you've seen him. You, you've seen uh, your not-so-twin, as it were. Yes, we, we, uh, we definitely share a likeness. We're not identical in any way, but we share a likeness. Well, uh, who has the next round? In fact, can I can I use minor illusion to create an in Im- an image of Sir Frederick Wilsey to seventeen? Okay. Yeah, go ahead and uh, give me a uh, intelligence check to see like how well you depict it. Okay, yeah, you get a pretty good pretty good image of him. So. Now that we have image of, I know your specific. Uh, you can actually see he, he's a, he's a little bit more well kept than you, uh, Dirk. Um, you see that his hair's uh, tied back. Um, it's his a little bit more trimmed. Definitely no dirt on his face or anything like that. But right, right. He's he's fairly close to your your likeness. Right. So. Yeah, I probably could have gotten us into some trouble if I decided to portray him. Although, what he's offering does sound quite enticing. I wouldn't um, turn down the opportunity to leave town, personally. I wouldn't mind either. In fact, I was thinking of taking a trip, but um, <laughs> uh, money's a little short. 
Raislin, would Adam be able to recall what the law is regarding impersonating someone else? Um, as far as in this city, there, there's really nothing much they can do. I mean, yeah, they could slap you in irons for it, but unless the other person comes around and actually, you know, presses it, it probably won't be an issue. Um, however, you don't know how a Gelfi right. works, okay. so uh, it could be a little bit more of a serious thing. Um, then again, uh, once you get there, you could always try and disappear. You think about that too, because uh, all of you are very good at those sorts of uh, in that sort of area. So, Isn't this some good quality music? This is Giants on the War March. Earth Shakers Go to War by Renee Van Toll from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dyson. Well, what do we think? Shall we... Shall we, uh... Go discuss some things? Private. Sure. Alright. Can't hurt to talk, now can it? Yeah, but let's... Let's go find somewhere where we can, uh... Have a little bit of privacy, shall we? Before you do this, I need everyone to make a perception check, please. Adam, you can make this with advantage, actually, because you haven't really been... Focusing too much in right, on this conversation. Right. Seventeen. Don't mind me, for, just breaking for, stuff for over here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Perception. So I heard a seventeen from Bertram there. Uh, okay. 15. I got I got a whopping. So I rolled a nat seventeen. I got twenty four on this because perception is one of my uh, okay. expertise. Yeah. Okay. So Dirk, I'm sorry. One more time. What uh, was that 15. again? What did you get? 
15, okay. So, um, Bertram and Adam, you guys notice uh, that one of the tables um, with uh, three or four individuals. Let me look at that. The halflings or the dwarves? Uh, they're... No, no, no. Actually, uh, this is just three uh, individuals. There is what you assume to be a half-elf and two humans uh, sitting at a table. Um, and they are chuckling to themselves. Um, I'm assuming you guys point this out to um, to our friend Dirk, who missed this. Um, but as soon as you do, Dirk, you recognize them. You know that these people work for a man named Gandon, who is one of the uh, the highest tier of crime lords in the city. Uh, and he often regulates the Assassin's Guild within the city. Okay. Uh, but you you recognize these three. They're very low-level thugs um, that work for his organization. Okay. And that man's name is Randon? Uh, Gandon. Gandon, thank you. Yes. <clears throat> All right. And I um, look over to them, and I'm like, uh, it's some of Gandon's goons. What do you mean by that? Is Gandon like a household name? Do we is everyone aware of him? You pretty much everyone knows who Gandon is. It's kind of like knowing who. Uh, Falcone. Yeah, you, you, yeah, Falcone, or uh, you know, in real world world terms, Al Capone. You, you know, you know. He he operates in high society as the man who can get things done under the table. Can we attempt? insight to see what they're chuckling about yeah please go ahead i actually just want to uh kind of wander by like i'm going out the back entrance or looking for someone and just see if i can eavesdrop on anything they're saying okay yeah uh go ahead and make uh you're gonna eavesdrop go ahead and make an investigation check um and then dirk you can make an uh an insight check yeah i'm 18 uh, 19. Okay. 19. Okay, so uh, we're going to start with Dirk real quick. Dirk, you notice that while they're chuckling and talking to themselves, they keep motioning over to the three, what you assume to be, Dragonborn sitting at the bar. Um, and they're, they're kind of like laughing to themselves about something. Um, seems like there's some sort of inside joke even. Um, it's almost gleeful. Um, and uh, Bertram, when you walk by them, you actually catch a glimpse of it like, Oh, man, they don't even know what they're going to get hit with. <laughs> and uh, you also hear them mention the silver sale in their conversation. But other than that, you you can't pick up much more. Um, I'll just uh, order a drink at the bar to kind of cover what I'm doing here and then go back to the other two. Okay, sounds good. Um, when I get back, I'll, I'll let them know. It sounds like they... Uh, three dragonborn fellows have the attention of the Gandons men here. And they seem to know of the airship as well. Then they know of Frederick as well. Uh, they mentioned they don't even know what's going to hit them. Like, they know something of these dragonborn's future that the dragonborn do not. Hmm. Shall we be good Samaritans and go uh, warn these dragonborn of potential danger? 
potential crime lord danger? I don't know about good or even a Samaritan, but maybe we could turn this to our windfall. I think we should observe afar. I think that is an excellent idea and a place to start. <clears throat> as as we're standing there and we we decide that we're gonna keep an eye on them, I use a bonus action to bring out my owl familiar from the po- his pocket dimension, and I telepathically talk or. Actually, I say it out loud. Follow, follow those dragonborn and find me if they're in trouble. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, actually, real quick, since this is the first time we're seeing your uh, your owl, go ahead and give a quick quick uh, physical description of it. Yeah, so uh, it's not it's not a very large owl, as it's a familiar, and they're not very they're not very beefy. But it's about ten inch tall. Owl, uh, it has the likeness of a of a horned owl. Um, nice, but it's 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 a much smaller version of a great horned owl, essentially. Okay, cool. And it's and it's like dark black, like speckled feathers. Okay, yeah. The other thing I was gonna ask is it more of like a spectral familiar, um, kind of almost like it's made of magic itself. Or is it? Does it actually? It, look it like? actually looks like an owl. It's it's not okay, obviously cool. a familiar, just from looking at it. Cool, cool. That makes sense. Um, is there any like telling uh, physical feature of it that kind of like gives it away? Like, does it have um, like bright colored eyes? Um, is there like a silver feather in it in its uh, coat somewhere? Or you know what what? Is there anything that kind of makes it shine as like this is your familiar sort of thing? Um, well, it ha- like I said, it's it's smaller than any normal great horned owl, and its coloration is okay. much different. It's it's like dark black with like okay. silver speckled feathers. Gotcha. Okay, so like to a layman who doesn't understand like owls, they would think it's just a it's just a cool right. looking owl. Um, but to anyone who knows like. That looks like a greenhorn owl, but it's like super small. Right. You know they, what I mean? They would be. They they notice that something's right. up with it. Do we do we know like have you given it a name at some point? Would we know that? Yeah. So uh, my owl's name is Zed. So my familiar's name is okay. Zed actually, because potentially with the fine familiar spell I can change his form, but typically it takes the form of an owl. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, the other thing I want to ask is, uh, this is kind of like a role-playing decision on your part, um, Dirk, but in the past, like, cause I know you guys, uh, we discussed that, uh, the three of you have been friends for a while. Um, how does your owl interact with the other two of them? Like, if they were to give him simple commands, would your owl follow them? Um, or does it purely only stick to your commands? My owl does typically, uh, listen to them, but it looks, it looks to me for confirmation okay. whenever they so like say for example you're not around and those two are in the case yeah. of your owl uh, and they ask they tell you they tell it to yeah, go they, get you it would, it would listen would it to follow, them they would yeah. follow that it would, instruction it would obey them okay, cool. if I'm not around okay that makes sense yeah I just want to clarify because I know that the spell doesn't specify these things but 
you know, it's it's fun to have these sorts of role playing aspects involved. Right. So, what was the name of your familiar? Zed. C E D. Or, depending on where you are, just Z. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Did we <laughs> did we already purchase our like tickets for our trip to the big city, or did we still have yet to do that? Uh, so you guys actually qu- haven't quite gotten enough money together. Um, and as it is, uh, when you guys do get your money scraped together, you guys will be hiding in the cargo hold of Captain Brax's ship to get there. Okay. And you guys are paying a significant amount. You guys would probably have to continue working for the next month before you would be ready. Got it, okay. And even then, we're, like, um, paying someone to smuggle us in with the cargo. Right. Right. Pretty much. I mean, it's not even like it's smuggling. It's oh, it is like, just a cargo you ship. Get a there's, very, not, there's not, like... Yeah, <laughs> you have... Gotcha. Okay. You have a very small section of sleeping gotcha. space. So this... Yeah, this is, like, our cheapest you know option I mean? to get there at the moment. And the swankiest. Okay. Exactly. That would be a shortcut. You guys... You guys, knowing that this is a luxury airship, know that you guys would have larger quarters than Captain Brax's quarters on, on his ship. You guys would have very large, elegant quarters, even if you had the worst accommodations on the airship. <laughs> gotcha. Hmm. All right. All right. So, if if that doesn't speak to your to your soul, it's like you you can either take the rinky dink fishing boat across the sea. Or you can take the Titanic. Yep. Without <laughs> Do you want to stay at the Intercontinental <laughs> Hotel or Bill Bob's Holiday bunk bed? <laughs> yeah. Literally just the guy's house. <laughs> yeah, it's like an over <laughs> Even then, it's like his closet. <laughs> yeah, all three of you are sharing the closet, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, for, so we're in the uh, bar still. The ne'er-do-wells are in the bar still, and the Dragonborn are still there. Do I... Is that the that same correct? Okay. okay. Yep, yep, that's pretty much where we're at. Uh, the, the drunkards have gone, um, and the uh, the three halfling uh, that have been sitting by the bar, um, they actually seem to be packing up and getting ready to leave for the night. So, I'll just, um, I guess we'll just keep an eye. I'm, well, I'm going to keep an eye. I think the plan is keep an eye on the, both groups, and then... Just wait. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess some, someone leaves. We'll come up with a plan or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll say that. Uh, is everyone good with that sort of? You guys just kind of chilling or? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you guys just kind of chill and you're waiting along. You're waiting for something to happen, basically. Um, and you know, it was it was early evening when you guys got here. The sun was still beginning to set, and it's it's gotten dark now. Um, the moon's out, uh, and it's it's getting kind of late. Uh, you'd say probably uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And the dragonborn uh, leader, the one with pale blue skin, pulls out a pocket watch a couple times and looks at it and finally huffs and motions to his friends, and they, they walk out of the, the drunken breeze tavern. I was just gonna say, as they're uh, as they're leaving out, I'm gonna kind of prepare to do some things by casting uh, my Mage Hand Legend. It's a one minute. Okay. Duration. Yeah, that's fine. Um, if you want, I don't I don't know what you're doing, 
Um, but if it would be more thematically appropriate for you to wait until after I say what they're doing to explain what you had done, that's fine with me. Uh, yeah, go ahead and you can finish. Okay. So, so they walk out of the tavern and you begin to do some things. Um, and as you do so, uh, they, um, they walk out and they press the button again on these uh, briefcases. Uh, and they fold back out into what we're just going to call motorcycles because I'm tired of saying contraption. Um, so yeah, they're these black, sleek motorcycles. They hop on them, and they roar them into action, uh, and they begin driving off back down the road they came from. All right. So, uh, are you going, yeah. you're sending Zed after them, correct? Yeah, and I'm going to trail them as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you charge out out of the tavern? Yeah. And I, I have uh, 40, 40 uh, movement speed, and I can okay. dash essentially twice per round because of my cunning action. So that's 120 feet per round. Okay. I, I can move pretty okay. quick. Okay. So yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you get moving. They're actually moving at a fairly steady pace, and you can actually keep up with them, but you're like, you're panting a little. It's it's getting getting difficult for you to keep up with them. Um, I'm actually going to need you to make a. Um, now, uh, how are you following them? Are you just following them on the streets, trying to keep hidden, uh, or are you trying to climb, like jump across rooftops? Um. Yeah. So they're driving down the middle of the street. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. For now, at least. For now. Okay. They're they're driving down towards the docks along the street. So. Uh, there's a lot more chances for me to fuck up physically if I'm on the roof, but I'd be a lot more stealthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, what you're choosing here, do you want to make stealth checks or do you want to make acrobatics checks? Yeah, I'm a lot better at stealth, so let's let's go. Let's... I'm going to be trailing them on. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're trailing them on the road. Um, So they get down all the way to the docks. Um before they actually turn, uh, kind of to go along the boardwalk almost, mm. and they speed up. Um, and you're, you're able to keep up with them up till this point, um, but it's getting hard to keep up with them at this point. They can actually move at a decent clip once they get going. So I'm actually going to require that you make a... Um, oh, God, what is it called? Uh, yeah, athletics check to see how long you can keep this going for. <laughs> Nat 20. <laughs> Nat 20. Okay, all right. So, yeah, in that case, uh, we're going to say that you can keep this up, um, and you're actually going faster than you normally can. You're keeping up with it. It's like you're pure adrenaline right now, just rushing forward. Um, so you, you follow them again for probably another quarter of a mile. They keep going. They keep going. Uh, they're heading to the edge of the city uh, at the city gates. Um, now I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. I'm rolling hot tonight. Uh, 22. 22. Okay, yeah. So uh, you, you're starting to lose up on your speed, but you, you feel like you got a fire in your ass. Like you're just moving, all right? You're just running, you're running down there, um, and you can still keep them in sight at this point. They get to the edge, and they actually stop at the, uh, the gates. Um, it's late at night, so normally people aren't let out of the gates. Uh, you do notice 
as you approach, you're say maybe sixty feet away when you when when you're when they're doing this, um, they swing open. Okay. And after the door is open completely, they drive out, and the doors begin to close again. Are you going to follow even further? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> there. Uh, actually, real quick, I also need a stealth check from you. I'm just going to lean over to Adam and go, Well, I didn't consider that we he could keep up with them, but we couldn't keep up with him. Okay, did you guys run after him, too? So I was going to say, like, I... Given the speeds, like, once they really started gaining ground on us, because, like, I, I'm assuming that myself and Bertram can't go the same speed. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. I would just stop. <laughs> yeah, even if I dash, it's just 60 feet around for me. I can't. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you guys, you, they were moving at like 80, 80 like feet. Twice the speed initially. Of <laughs> they, Yeah, they, ha- they have 80 feet of movement just with their normal movement. And they were dashing once they got down to the docks. So you guys don't even make it down to the docks before they're like freaking out of right. sight. So yeah, you guys make it like halfway to the docks and you're like, fuck this. You're, like, sitting there panting. <laughs> My side hurts. Oh, I have a stitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got a I got a 14 for my stealth. Okay, so you got a 14 for your stealth. Okay, sounds good. All right, we're just going to keep operating with that. That sounds good. All right, so uh, doors are closing. You're about 60 feet away. What okay. do you do? I'm going to, because uh, Zed was flying around with me at this point, I'm going to tell him, Keep following them, and if something happens to them, book it back to us as, as quick as you can. Be at the, I don't know, the, I, I guess we'll be back drunken breeze. Okay, yeah, not a problem. And then I'll, I'll make my way. So we have standing orders to report back at the drunken breeze, okay? So uh, the doors begin to close. Uh, and as they do, your owl flits over the gates and out off, out of sight from you. Um, but just before you lose contact with it mentally, it's almost like you feel a ping in your brain. Like, this is something extravagant that it's seeing. Uh-huh. Um, so instinctively, you switch to viewing from its right. eyes for a brief moment. And in the distance, you see the dust being kicked up and the sand being kicked up from these motorcycles as they race towards a magnificent, large airship. Even in the dark, you can see its hull glinting from the movement of the moon and its sails, large and bulbous, float above it. It bobs slowly over the water and in that moment your owl disconnects from your sight and you lose that sight of the ship and that's where we're going to stop the first session here today (laughs) so you guys have uh, at least one of you has gained witness to the IHA Mm -hmm. silver sail
I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. We hope you've enjoyed this production, and we look forward to you coming back for more. If this is the first episode you are listening to, we encourage you to go back and listen to episode zero, where I lay out the particulars of the world of Nagonia and the fabled city of Agelfia, and then we take a brief moment to explain the characters that our players will be playing and a little bit more about them. If you like what you've heard, send your friends, family, and anyone else you want to our way. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist. Feel free to reach out to us there and let us know what you think. Lastly, I want to thank my three players, co-hosts, and partners, Aaron, Bronson, and Nick, for bringing this dream together with me. I want to give a special thanks, again, to Nick for letting us use his song, Something For Now, as our intro and outro for the show. And of course, lastly, I want to thank BattleBards.com for helping us improve our show with their amazing background music that we use. Please enjoy episodes 0, 1, 2, and 3, as they have all been released to kickstart this series. We will be releasing a new episode every Sunday. Our next episode will be released on March 28th, so don't forget to mark your calendars. We can't wait to share the next episode of Dice Heist with you.